0: Delusion, obsession, and dubious ethical choices all swirl around in this beautifully written, albeit a little bit strange, a little bit creepy book. Welcome everyone to another round of the mere mortals book reviews. The book reviews for those who want to transcend beyond their own mere mortality by learning something interesting, fun, exciting through the books that they're reading. My name's Karen, and I do these book reviews for for those who want to get deep into the books. And uh, I'll let you know now that this is going to be the start of a slightly new era for the book reviews, in which is we're going back to our old past. So I'm going to be doing a lot more free form, longer book reviews. So I'll be looking down at my notes, and uh, I won't be cutting out and editing all the ums and likes and things like that which i used to do so just a little knowledge for you there today we're looking at the book lolita written by vladimir Nabokov. and so this book was written in 1955 it's about 300 pages in length and uh yeah it's a novel of delusion obsession and fantasy is how i would put it so we follow the main character of humbert humbert and uh i'll give some spoilers now because i feel like in this part here i want to explain the 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 timeline of the book what's going on within it and i'll need to get into some of the main details of the book. So Humbert Humbert is a, uh, a Frenchman who is obsessed with Dolores Hayes and who he calls Lolita. So that's where the name comes from. That's referring to this young girl. And so Humbert Humbert was in, in France, sort of had an unsuccessful marriage there, moves over to America, but he's always been obsessed with these, these uh, things called nymphets or what he describes as nymphets. And so these are girls primarily of the age of i would say 10 to 13 i'm i'm not sure he puts a specific number on it but it's around that age so prepubescent but bordering on going through puberty and becoming i guess sexually viable in terms of the evolutionary speaking terms and he has this early love with a a young girl well whilst he was of a very young age as well so it was sort of normal i think they were both around the the 12 age And he falls in love with her, and this just stays with him the rest of his life. He has this love of young girls, essentially. He finds them immensely sexually desirous. And he meets the mother of this young girl, Lolita, and he finds her pretty repellent. He's repelled by most women, although he does visit prostitutes and things like that, but only to try and, I guess, satisfy these cravings that he has. And he's a rather conflicted guy. He initially... Comes out knowing that he, it's sort of wrong, but wanting to protect the girls as well. So he resists his urges, I guess, if you want to put it that way. He meets his mother. The mother has an unfortunate accident and he has sole care of Lolita. And they go on a big road trip. And this is when their sexual, amorous uh, relationship starts. And this is where you can start to see the, I guess, gradual decline of his mental state and of his. his ability to to recognize what is real and what is fantasy what is uh, obsession what is delusion they all mix up in his mind and he goes from a rather conflicted but you would say he was doing the honorable thing and and um, stopping his desires and not fulfilling his desires for these young girls and then he becomes a bit more depraved i guess you would say and so they end up settling in this place called Beardsley and they go for a second road trip after that. And then this is when Lolita is taken from him. She just disappears. And he goes through a couple of years of sort of madness in this haze of memories of just trying to get back to her, find out what happened. And uh, after this three year delirious haze, he, he finally gets a letter from her, meets up with her again, and then... Um, acts his revenge on the person who took him away from her. And so that's the, the main plot line of the book. And then the the main part of the book, the main essence, the learnings from the book, I guess, is his relationships to Lolita, how they behave, and so I guess even the 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 mind state of his mind and how that declines. And so this was a narrated, it's told in the form of a narration of the author from jail. So we start off with, I, I think it would say... The first three or four chapters uh, are of of him sort of reminiscing of some things and then it goes into the storyline as if told from him. So he's retelling his own story from reconstructed notes and whatnot. When we get uh, a little bit deeper into the, the author, he's a, an amazing guy. Vladimir Nabokov is... Uh, trilingual, so and trilingual in the, uh, you know, I could say I'm semi-trilingual in that uh, my Spanish is okay. I'm learning German and English is obviously fine, but this guy was born in Russia, um, moved to, I believe it was. Germany, but he learned French to a very good degree and then also English at the same time. But then I think he had some other languages. And so he could translate his own works, for example, and he would write in different works. So this was actually written in English originally, which is absolutely amazing considering English wasn't his native tongue, which is is Russian, I guess you would say. Uh, upon relu- perusal, he had a, a really fascinating life. He he moved all over the world. He did some amazing things. Uh, and then obviously this book is is. Uh, probably the most famous of his and then also the most con- controversial because it's dealing with, I guess you'd call it pedophilia in, in the sense that it's a a man uh, interacting, having sexual intercourse with a young girl and uh, beneath the age of consent in pretty much everywhere in the world, which I'm just going to say is 16. So what are the, the themes of the book? Well, the first one I guess is nymphets. So this is where sex meets controversy and I think the we 'll start off with what is a nymphette. so he describes it uh, yeah, here we go, nine to fourteen years of age she 's not particularly a seductress from what I could tell, so even though there were some signs i think of of that these girls were seducing him sexually i e wearing revealing clothing the the way they would move, the way they would show off pieces of skin, you know selective pieces of skin to tantalize him and, and whatnot. I get the feeling that most of that was in his mind. I I have uh, argued with my dad about this and he was saying it was more implying that these girls were being sexually seductive to him because not every girl of the age 9 to 14 is a nymphette. There's only selected ones. And so I guess there's signs of sexuality. And this is where it gets strange because it's like, okay, is he picking up on some signs that maybe these girls are you know if they're in the 13 14 range and uh, girls do hit puberty a lot younger than than guys do so there's probably some women some girls who who um yeah i won't use the word women some girls who do hit puberty at the age of 12 maybe even 11 i.e there are 11 and 12 year olds who have had sex and have had babies so obviously they've they've hit puberty uh what what is it that distinguishes them from their peers and why does he only find some so that's just one aspect of a of a nymphette and basically he's enamored with these girls so he'll see them he'll be a sort of the lecherous old man looking at them on the street and wanting to to have sex with them to to fulfill his desires and you know, I guess how does a a nymphette lover think or why what is it that goes through his mind? So he I, I I hesitate to call him a pedophile because I get the feeling that a nymphette is a girl who has hit puberty and therefore is able to have sex. So I wouldn't say it's pedophilia in the sense that you know he's attracted to babies or five-year-olds or or girls who are unproductive, um, not able to reproduce. I think all of them have that quality of 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 being a sexually viable mate in terms of evolutionary speaking, but with the cultural standards that of the day. And so, this was written in 1955. The storyline was set. I think post World War Two, so let's just say 1950s in America. Uh, this, is, I guess, would say you know, off bounds. It's off limits. It's it, but but it's not pedophilia per se. I would say it's it's sort of in this weird grey area, uh, pre-pubescent, I guess, is is what you'd you'd call it. Uh, and he he can't control his lust. The whole time he's just continually. It's it's all that dominates his mind. He has work; doesn't matter to him. Like his health doesn't matter to him. Relationships with other uh, grown-ups and other people his age doesn't particularly matter. He plays chess with one guy, but this is just a guy from France who, you know, he it shows he doesn't care at all about these people, and he's he's just totally consumed by it. The whole book, the whole book is him consumed with these feelings of lust and and whatnot. And what does this result in? Well. I think eventually it results in him willing to do horrible things. So this is where he starts off in the book uh, being, he, he cares. He cares that this person who he doesn't know, he could damage her. So you see this in the scene where he it's, it's uh, he he is marri- not married, the mother yet, but Dolores uh, or Lolita um, sort of is playing with him joke. Uh, what's the word? Jokefully, jokily, And he sort of gets her on his lap and she is sort of rubbing on his leg and he is at this stage you know immensely sexually excited by this but then is also trying to preserve her in innocence so that she doesn't realize that he is sexually excited by this and so he does he does try and keep that away from him but then if you look at the end of the book what what is it that he has done and so at, by the end of the book he's uh, raped her essentially she there is she she claims he raped him she instigated the sexual intercourse but I would say he pushed it too far and, and did actually end up raping her he has thoughts of incest so he wants to impregnate her so that he can then have another Lolita his own child and then do the exact same thing so he's obviously willing to to do in, uh, to have incest to have sex with his own daughter to to in this imaginary situation, so he doesn't actually do it. Uh, murder, so he's willing to murder someone. Battery, he he hits Lolita at that one point, so he assaults her, not sexually but physically as well. And then also kidnapping, which is the big one. He he steal, he basically steals her right from the start of the book and and takes her along. So it always uh, is. It comes back to the nymphets in the end. He and in particular Lolita. So he has this unhealthy i guess you would say it's consuming his mind these thoughts these passions and you notice this because the very first word of the book is lolita and the very last word of the book is also lolita so i think that talks a little bit about his mind state he is just obsessed with this this girl Uh, but there's little guilt as well when he does all of these things he he doesn't really feel guilty afterwards i think he tries to um, justify it in in saying, you know, oh, she was asking for it. Oh, this guy stole her away from me. She was mine. Uh, you know, she was always mine. She instigated it. All of these things, I think it adds it, it. ends up with him not being able to control his desires and the things that he wanted to avoid, which he did have some uh, maybe like pre-guilt or some worries over at the start of the book. By the end of it, pff, he, he's too far gone. He He just doesn't care. So that's, I guess, the one of the themes, Nymphettes. The other is obsession. And so this is the breeding ground for delusion. And he starts off normal, normal-ish. He's, he's not a monster. He he shows a lot of restraint. Um, and it's just this gradual gradual decline. He wants to shield her. Right at the start of the book, you see, he wants to shield her, he wants to uh, make things right. And you can really see this as well when he couldn't kill her mother. So here's the... The perfect opportunity to kill Charlotte, which is Lolita's um, mother, and everything is set up perfectly. He couldn't ask for a better situation, and he all he has to do is is drown her. It'll take a minute, and he'll basically get off scot free, and then he can have Lolita to himself. And he just can't do it. He he, everything is there. The moment is ripe. You know, it's building up to this point, and he backs away and so i i I think this really shows that right at the start of the book he even though he has this obsession it's he's not consumed by it as of yet he still has some moral boundaries that he's not willing to cross he he's not willing to do these certain things and uh, you know this is even for a person he didn't particularly care for the only reason he married her was to get closer to her daughter and things like this and this is i guess when we start to see the the after the first third of the book, whereas the, the haze of amor so love and and his growing problems these these start to just build up i think it's a it's a gradual build up. He doesn't snap instantly and go from having some moral boundaries to not having them. They start to blur they start to haze so he goes on this car trip and there's just outbursts there's the outburst from Lolita. she's a young girl whose mother has died, whose whole world has transformed. She's now forced to live with this guy who's taking her on a road trip across America and she has these emotional outbursts and the obsessive control that results from this where he he basically wants her to be like a perfect young girl. He wants her only to himself and so he restricts her ability to talk with anyone basically but especially uh, men or young boys of the opposite sex. He is extremely controlling and he takes her to a you know very strict private girls school he forces her to uh, basically report in each and every day he needs to know of her whereabouts her movements he doesn't allow her to fraternize with anyone his one slight relaxation of the rules is to allow her to to join in this play that is being constructed and which she she is really enjoying and and whatnot and I think all of this is what results in in the, her escape. She she cannot can be under these conditions anymore. His obsessive control. He needs to have everything about her. She is only his. And this is where yeah, you can see those maybe moral boundaries that he had at the start. They're slipping by this stage. He's he he hits her at one stage um, because she disappears with her friend for a couple of hours, and she's being you know a smart aleck about it essentially. This then is when he goes into full-on delusion. So with small, small moments of lucidity. And this is where the mysterious trap appears. So basically he he realizes he's losing her. And so he decides, ah, I'm going to go on another road trip with her. You know, she's going to be confined to the car with me, to the room with me. Uh, She's not going to be able to escape or do have any autonomy of her own. But they are followed by this mysterious guy in a car. And... At, at the start, when it first starts happening, you're like, okay, he's just going crazy. There's, there's no, especially because the trap is I believe his cousin or a second cousin or something like that. And so it's someone who really has no bearing on the story. He's just invented this imaginary figure and put this person that he knows identity onto them. Uh, but at one stage, like he goes into the hospital, he, he has a delirium and, she is just gone next thing you know she has escaped with this mysterious person and you're you're still wondering at least I was still wondering was this person even real at all like because he would then after this go and this is where you see his full delusion and obsession really peaking up he's going to all of these motels that along this whole stretch of road that he used to stay on and he would look for you know the journal and um it was back in the days when you would write your name in the lodger form or, you know, to say that you stayed here. And he would see all of these names and he's like re- recognizing the handwriting. He's recognizing these really archaic anagrams of people's names, which then put together reference an obscure French poet from the 14th century or something like that. And he, you, you can see his mind is just devolving essentially he's not he's not in control everything is is going wrong he goes through this three-year haze of of sort of like drugs of hooking up with this other girl to help him forget about lolita but she's always on his mind and then there's the reunion so she he meets her again and he still is obsessed with her and he still and he says to her you know if you come with me now i will give you everything i will give you the whole world We will have the perfect life by this age she is 17, she's pregnant um, with another man's baby and he still harbors this dream but this is when I think the lucidity is starting to come in and he starts recognizing certain things of how he's behaved and I'll talk about more of those in the personal observations Um, and then the violent finale is when okay he's lost everything, he He meets this guy, and this guy actually was a real person who stole her away. It ended up being the guy who wrote the play that she was uh, performing in. And there's just an extremely violent scene right at the end of the book, which is why he is now in jail. So I guess we'll go on to the observations and takeaways now, which is it seems semi-consensual until the end. So there was just these points of the book, uh, and I would say... The, the breaking points for this was chapters 29 to 32. So this is when he meets her for the final time, uh, the reunion with her before he then murders this guy. And there's this period of him meeting her, talking with her, and then going to this guy's place to essentially murder him. And I would have said up until this point that it was semi-consensual. She was the one who instigated the the sexual intercourse. She stayed with him all of this time. She had other opportunities to uh, any time of the book. She could have just gone to the authorities and said, "This guy isn't my real father. He stole me away. He murdered my mother. He didn't murder her, but um, she could have said it, and they would have believed it." And at any opportunity, she had the ability to escape. And and she had a, that's a very powerful. Card to to have in her deck, but she never used it. She she stayed with him the whole time, and the way it was worded, the way she interacted with him, you, you got the feeling like there was some interest of her part to be with him. And this is where you know the nymphettes comes into play as well. Was he obsessed with these girls who were actually showing some sexual signs towards him that they were that they wanted his attention and whatnot, or was this all in his head? And I think when you get to this twenty-nine to thirty-two part, this is where you go, ah, uh, nah, nah. He, um, he, he made all of this up. At least this is how I came out of it. So if you go to page two hundred sixty-four of, of this particular version, you can see there that he broke her heart. So there was this, um, one ex. Uh, he's he's trying to convince her to to come back with him, and he'll treat her well, and so. There's this uh, period here. So uh, she says, I'll die if you touch me, I said. "Um, You are sure you are not coming. Sorry, this is him talking. I'll die if you touch me, I said. You are sure you are not coming with me? Is there no hope of your coming? Tell me only this. No, she said. No, honey, no. She had never called me honey before. No, she said. It is quite out of the question. I would sooner go back to Q. I mean, and this was the guy who stole her away. She groped for words. I supplied them mentally. He broke my heart. You merely broke my life. And I think that amongst with a couple of other portions of sentences where he acknowledges, oh, I did something really bad to her. I broke her in a way which could not be fixed. And it was my doing. She, she really didn't have any option, a choice in this whole matter. And um, she would have preferred... She admits she would have preferred for an uncaring mum. Her mum was a total bitch to her. She had a very unhappy life before um, he entered into the scene. But even then, she acknowledges it would have been better with her because you have done something to me that that can't be replaced, that uh, broken me in a way that just won't ever be able to be fixed. Uh, Another one is the... Helpless look in the mirror, so there was one point where he sees her um, I think it was during one of the road trips, and she's looking in the mirror, and she the way she just looks at herself is filled with sort of you know pity, disgust at her own self, with a helplessness with a, an acknowledgement i guess that she's she's worth nothing but that everything about her is wrong that her whole life is destroyed and uh yeah i think it was a that was a a bit of a twist for me that that observation that okay maybe you know maybe there's he's not 100 percent guilty it's not black and white it's maybe a little bit of gray in there but then i would say after reading those chapters 29 to 32 that's when you go ah okay there's there's not much gray in this he he's done something really bad he's uh he's he's broken her life and um not nothing's really going to be able to fix it another one which was uh thankfully there's not much erotica in the book so there's a couple of scenes where it talks about their sexual intercourse particularly the first time they have it but it's not overly gross i guess like it's not in your face it's not a book where a pedophile could maybe read it and really love it. It's sort of boring on on the actual explicit terms, um, and so I, I think that was a a good point on his part. And also, I think it's indicative of the times because he could only get this printed by, I believe, when he initially wrote it was printed by a particular book uh, publishers, which. Specialised in erotic novels and whatnot. So even though this isn't erotic per se, uh, obviously with the themes it it of of that sort, of semi pedophilia. It it I can see why people would have avoided this, uh, particularly in 1950, uh, 1953 Whenever this was, they they got the book deal, and then even to today, although you could argue with the things like 30 um, 50 shades of gray and whatnot that erotica is maybe a bit more mainstream now it's not hidden under the covers you know you can watch porn on the internet and everyone has access to that it's not sex is maybe not as taboo as it was back then but it's still yeah, you know it's it still still is There's, uh i'm i'm going to do some research after this to to find out you know how much controversy was there uh, maybe that I get for this own review, and uh that other people have done book reviews of this would be interesting uh my final observation was there is an annoying amount of French in this book as well he it has these just certain scenes where he will switch to French for whatever reason you know he's a he's a French guy so um so he'll have something like this so this is the start of chapter two on part uh Chapter two of part two. And so he says, uh, now in perusing what follows. The reader should bear in mind, not only the general circuit as adumbrated, that was another one. You're going to learn a fair few words in here, which you might not have heard of before. With its many side trips and tourist traps, secondary circles and skittish deviations, but also the fact that far from being an indolent, and this is where the French comes in, parti de plaisir, plaisir, uh, our, our tour was a hard twisted teleological growth whose sole raison d'etre these french cliches are symptomatic was to keep my compassion and pass passable humor from kiss to kiss that is a pretty standard thing that you'll find within the book and there was periods where he would have full sentences so if it was just an individual word raison d'etre or however you say that you can sort of get away with not not having it the fr- understanding the French is not essential to understanding the book but there's enough in there that it's kind of annoying that you need if you fully want to get it you you should get it so uh, I would recommend downloading the uh, Google Translate or at least a a translation app if you don't speak French obviously to hold the camera up to it and it can translate immediately from uh, French into English that was very helpful for me and so Whilst reading this book I had my phone just beside my myself the whole time and if I came across a French word or numerous French words, I'd I'd bring it up, look at them, and then just remember that for when I came to those sentences. So in summary, I would say don't be fooled by the general controversy. It is a rather mild book. So if you know, my impression coming into this was Lolita, it's gonna talk a lot about pedophilia. It's gonna be a real hard, I guess I guess like ethically uh, morally maybe even disgusting read but um, it there was barely hints of uh, uh, of that, that sexual that erotica that you might have thought would be in this there was also barely hints of the consensual love so it is rather condemning of Humbert in total I would argue now other people could have other observations I believe the author himself Nabokov also said this afterwards that for the most part he was trying to show that that Humbert was a bad guy and that this wasn't a consensual man-child relationship. It was more, this guy's doing some bad evil things, if you want to put it that way. Uh, The, the prose, the plot line, the style, they're all fantastic. It's a really, really well written book. I really enjoyed how he created this, how he constructed it. Even the annoying bits of French do add something to it. Um, And so I think it's just unclear enough to make you reread certain sections for for additional clarity. So I think it's one of those books where your your perceptions of what the characters are might change throughout. You know, you can read a Harry Potter book and you know Harry Potter's the hero from the (laughs) get-go, like he's the main dude. Whereas these ones, this type of book, I think you have to be willing to let your initial conceptions change with the the flowing of the book with the narrative especially as it gets towards the end so there's lots of provoking discussions to be had and i'm giving it a very solid seven and a half out of ten lolita by vladimir nabokov i would uh, highly recommend highly recommend and so that is it for today my lights thank you for joining me to this part of the audio what are your thoughts on vladimir nabokov's lolita was their relationship consensual was the actions of, of Humbert Humbert a, that of a depraved man, of a a guy we should pity because of his inability to control his lust? Was he delusional? Was he in control? Do you think he should have felt more guilt? There's lots of, uh, as I mentioned, lots of provoking discussions to be had from this. I would love it if you could send me through a, a boostergram of any of your your thoughts on this matter. So to do that you just have to be on a new podcasting app. So a podcasting 2.0 app. And there's a button there to send the the boostergrams to boost. And you can write a small message with that. And it will also send some Satoshis my way. So a very small amount of Bitcoin. It's a way of supporting me, of supporting the podcast, of uh, helping me continue to to do these book reviews and to to, you know, have the time to be able to research, to read the book, to write down all of my notes and to do all of these things. So I would very much appreciate if if you could do that. Other than that, I do hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. Kyron, out.